The Collaborating Conversation podcast is for avid book readers, book lovers, and authors. Listen to this podcast as we talk more about the art of writing, stories behind books, and the hands that created them. So stay tuned and enjoy our show. Welcome to the Collaborating Conversations podcast. Today's episode is a deep dive into time travel theories within science fiction. All right. Welcome, Max. Welcome. It's good to have you. It's been a long time. (laughs) Since the last episode. (laughs) However long that was in in terms of relative duration. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Relativity. (laughs) It helps us there more. Um, So, yeah, today we're talking about time travel. Um, And I guess before we dive into the science fiction uh, part of it, uh, I guess we can spend some time explaining uh, the logic behind it, although at a pretty high level, right? Um, But the the theory uh, behind time travel, I guess at a high level, is that all objects in the universe uh, move through space and time in a circular motion. Uh, so in theory, the idea is at some point, eventually, you will come back to a point in time that you were in the past. Um, but again, like most theories, there are a lot of holes, right? There are a lot of, doesn't necessarily translate in in practice. Um, so in the case of, of time travel, some of the doubters, uh, there's the grandfather paradox. Have you ever heard of that? Is that the, uh, your, uh, is that the Futurama one where he, you know, he, he's his own grandfather? <laughs> <laughs> Something like that, right? So it's, again, a young man uh, finds out his, you know, grandfather, great-grandfather was a serial killer. Right, so it takes it upon himself to travel back in time to kill him. Uh, and now the question is, if it kills his grandpa, then uh, who killed it? Technically, he was never born, right? So then who kills him after, I guess, you know, that happens? Um, there's also like the predestination paradox um, an example being like religious, although you know, not trying to get any like political cause controversy, but it just says, um, you know, if God has everything already planned out, how can humans have free will? Which uh, the question in itself sort of pokes some holes into the practicality or how likely it is that you know this theory can be converted or I guess applied or be brought to reality. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, five thousand foot overview. Hopefully, so now you can go be a nerd with your friends. Although, don't try it with a physicist. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. Like I think, um, you know, if we look at, there's a lot of different theories around time travel out there. You know, you have, you know, you have the the multiversal theory that's become popular as of late, and I think mainly because of things like the Marvel Cinematic Universe and stuff like that, where you know it's. You know, you you create a branching, you know, um, parallel universe, you know, based off of some free will choice that's made. You know, so every choice spins off a a parallel universe, Um, you know, and that's and and that's, you know, that's the one that I think a lot of people are, you know, are are getting exposed to nowadays. Although it's very different from the the general thinking, like if we look, look back years ago, you know, where, you know, you had movies like The Butterfly Effect and, you know, other things where it's just like, you know, if you go back in the past, you make one change, it has a ripple effect that's going to have an impact on, like, your current day. You know, so it's very much a very different approach where it's like, you know, in the multiversal theory, like, if you go back in time and do something, it's not going to impact your timeline at all because your timeline, you know, is already set, is already set um, based off of, you know, past, that, that past branching decision tree, right? 
Um, so I think it's a very interesting splinter of, you know, theories, you know, and then you have like the, you know, the, um, you know, the, the, the ultimate timeline, you know, one, which, which, which is based off of like the, you know, the, the butterfly effect type of one where, you know, it's like, oh, there's, there's one set timeline and there are people who, you know, police the timeline or, you know, things that happen to ensure that the timeline happens, you know, they kind of played a little bit with that with, um, um, you know, it's like Kang, you know, in the Marvel where, you know, they had the one, the, you know, the, I forget what they called it, the, uh, the, uh, the golden timeline or the, um, the sacred timeline, but there's a, you know, the Umbrella Academy also plays with that theory, right? Like, you know, there's one set timeline and you have people who police it to make sure that, you know, things happen as they're supposed to happen. Um, but, you know, that's actually, go ahead, sorry. Oh, no, I said that's actually been addressed uh, in scientific research, and I would say that's one of the part of time travel that I would say there's a general consensus on, at least relative to the others, in a sense that most folks, at least most experts, agree that you can, going back in time will not change the future um, because, you know, things will just happen regardless right so because things happen because they were you know some things were just meant to be so for example if you went back in time and, and killed you know hitler then you know the world wars would have probably gotten started by someone else um if you went back in time and try to prevent the you know the start of the pandemic by taking out patient zero then you might inadvertently become patient zero yourself right uh the idea being, yes, you can try to, to, to change things, but they will happen uh, regardless, especially when it comes to like major events. Uh, but even then, that's still, everything is very theoretical. <laughs> in in with with this um yeah i mean i think it, it built i think it builds off of the the theory that uh you know if time travel existed we would have already experienced time travelers in terms of you know like being able to impact the existing timeline right because it's just like you know oh if you you know if time travel exists comes to exist then people would go back, you know, and do like, you know, oh, let's go, you know, kill Hitler and, you know, do the most basic things where it's just like, let's do these things, right? And since those things haven't happened, you know, then I think it reinforces the theory that you can't impact, you know, current present reality because, you know, so I, I think that's where a lot of that, that's probably where a lot of that theory comes from in terms of believing things are work that way, because, you know, if it could happen, it would have already happened. So like, who came up with time travel, though? Like the concept, a lot of people credit um, Einstein, but I wonder who came up with the concepts. So apparently, uh, the concept of time travel has been around for century with uh, centuries, with early examples appearing in works like the 14th century story, The Wonderful Counselor, and the 16th century play, The Fatal Dowry. The earliest known scientific discussion of time travel was the late 19th century, when Samuel Tolver Preston Jr. published an article titled Grammar of the Lazarus Language in the American Philosophical Society's Proceedings. Okay, so it looks like it's been, it was fictional first before it became scientifical. Yeah, so so the, so the initial, the, it was popularized by H.G. Wells' The Time Machine. So I think that was probably the pivotal sci-fi novel that brought it into the mainstream populace. So that, you know, that's, um... So it's been around for a while. Yeah, 14th century. That's a long time ago. I wasn't. I wasn't alive back then. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't think any of us were. Or we have our own time travelers. <laughs> so like, one thing I've noticed in like some movies, and even uh, I've seen it a lot in uh, animes as well, is whenever you have time travel, whenever the traveler leaves, they usually talk about, "Oh, you're never gonna remember this." Right. And obviously they forget. Right. And then you have some time where they're like, hey, uh, you know, I'm going to cast, I'm going to use this tech on you so that like you don't remember. Or sometimes you have things where, especially with dramatic incidents. Right. So um, have you watched the Trump, the time traveler's wife? I have. Yeah. That's a good. Movie. Yeah. So the kid uh, loses his mom in a car accident as a young kid. And he tries to go back as a teenager to stop it. But then his adult self 
props him saying, hey, like, it's not going to work. Like, yeah. I've, I've already tried, right? So is it possible that, I guess, even if you came in touch, realistically speaking, right, if you met someone and they told you I was from the future, would you believe them? So I think this is an interesting point because, um, so a number of thoughts here before I answer that question. So like, if, okay. if you look to, you know, so, so like thinking through the different theories, like in sci-fi, and I think there's been a number of different, um, movies and books that have touched on this area. So like the, you know, so maybe let's just mis- list out like some of the main concepts, you know, the, the variations there. So I think the one that you've talked about before is kind of like the predetermination or the predestination one where it's just like, if you go back and change something, in the past that thing's still going to happen um, yeah. um and i think they marvel touched on that with like the what if series with um dr strange uh so i think like that's the best illustration of that theory in action you know it's this concept of like uh um like uh in uh in doctor who they call it um like uh like uh set points in time like uh so like you there are set moments there are set moments in history or in the future history that must happen and that you can do nothing to change those everything else is changeable everything else can be mo- you know can be modified but there are these set points that regardless of whatever you try to do that thing will still happen um, because it has to happen in order for the universe to like not fall apart, right? Um, and so it's it's an interesting theory because it's like, you know, not everything is a set point, but you know maybe like the loss of a loved one is a set point that you can't change, right? You know, and I think that with the time traveler's wife, you know, um, with that, you know, I think they uh, that you know they, they they were playing around with that theory, you know, a bit more, you know. Um, you know, if like, you know, you, you can't change this, it's not going to change anything. Um, yeah. When you were saying that, I just got chills thinking of this scene in uh, the Avengers, I want to say Endgame, you know, Thanos say you could, you could not live with your failure. Uh, or did that bring you <laughs> back to me? <laughs> yeah. Right. Cause they were like doing all these things, trying to recollect and try to prepare trying to, you know, basically try to create a situation where, where Thanos wasn't there, but it's like he was, he was, uh, I guess he could be considered a set point, right? There was no way to to get around him. They had to, to face him heads on. Yeah. And, and something, um, what's the, what's the book or series uh, to your other point around forgetting, um, I think they played around with this a lot in the butterfly effect because only only the per, only um you know the the main character who was traveling through you know back back into you know back into his past self only he knew you know that something was different right and and they and they played through this whole thing with like you know him him um you know re, you know having like uh you know some physiological response like information being forcefully put into his head right like you know like he started bleeding or hemorrhaging you know and stuff like that because like you know he was being his head was being filled with new memories that he hadn't had before because of all the changes you know from the past right but i think the you know and so that uh, that that's a you know that's a theory right but you know because it, it would be your lived experience would be like you would forget because your memories would shift and change to reflect the new reality right so everything would seem normal to you except for the person who traveled through time in which case they would have that full knowledge of like what you know the alternate existence i don't yeah it's to, to answer your question i think um you know if we if you met a time traveler would you know i think it, i mean i guess told you would you believe it because you wouldn't necessarily know right uh because let's say they were dressed as something you'd like never seen before you were like okay what's wrong with this person or i wonder what this new trend is right uh but if they told you flat out i'm a time traveler uh and i went on to explain a bunch of things uh i guess would you would you believe them or to what extent would you believe them yeah, I don't. I mean, it's hard, right? It's hard to believe someone in 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 a in a universe like ours, where you know we don't experience you know strange phenomena like that, right? Like 
it's it's hard to you know if if i lived in a marvel cinematic universe right where we had superheroes you know or we had people with powers you know and all those stuff and someone's just like hey i'm from a different timeline you know they'd be like okay you know <laughs> it's like well you know we got a guy who can fly and we have someone you know who you know who can shoot lasers right you know it's like so time travel sure why not right but like we don't live in that type of universe right we live in a, a universe that's grounded at least in some clearly explainable laws if not clearly explainable then you can theorize them away right you know and so we don't experience the the sci-fi on a on a regular basis right you know it's more it's mainly in like fiction so it'd be it would be difficult without seeing some form of advanced technology that we can't explain right so like if someone's just like you know someone came to me and says like hey i'm from the future you know my first reaction would be like, I don't believe you. Prove it. Prove you're from the future, right? And if they were to put, and, the, and then if they pulled out, you know, a device or something that was clearly not from this time, right? Like something, you know, with my understanding of where technology is, you know, and having a pretty good, pretty good understanding of that, seeing something where I'm just like, yeah, that's not possible today, then you know, I would be like, okay, I'm listening to you, <laughs> right? Like. <laughs> You know, <laughs> and then and yeah. you get into like the traditional, um, you know, the traditional like things of just like, all right, well, if you say you're from the future, like prove what's going to happen tomorrow. Right. You know, um, you know, which if someone traveled back in time, I feel like you should be prepared to do that. Right. So like, you know, in order to bring weight to what you're saying, you should be able to prove a future, a series of future events that are going to happen, assuming your presence here doesn't change those events because i think that you know there is there has been sci-fi where that's the case right where you know you know because you went into the past you've changed the course of events so you know the random you know ra- the you know the random uh uh you know um the randomized model of existence right like could cause things to go a different route right it's like so you know it's like winning the lottery right like oh give me the, give me the numbers for tomorrow right it's like oh well my existence here uh has changed the randomness of the potential numbers for lottery right you know <laughs> so it's just like <laughs> you know so then you start to get in and then you know and that and that heavily you know is because starts to become influenced by you know what the actual rules of the universe are for you know influence you know for time travel right you know because like we have theories we have what we think it'll be but you know then when you actually experience some instance of time travel right that's when the actual rules get tested right like that's when you actually validate whatever those rules are you know and and and, it, and it's interesting because an area of like time travel that a lot of people don't think about is the earth is moving as is our sun right right and so in order for you to travel back in time you have to back and forward in time you have to be able to translocate your body and consciousness not just you know not just in time but in space right and so like (laughs) i keep i keep going back to that joke i had before we started recording um if a man boards a plane (laughs) from san francisco to atlanta is it well i guess from atlanta to san francisco is it traveling back in time um no but like so with the device thing i'd be a bit wary though because if i saw a device i would like take me to the future yeah um but yeah because i think i don't i'm not sure how ready they the time traveler would be to have to prove right uh because again, the, the idea is like they're coming from a time where that's relatively normal, right? So, so you know, for somebody, be, there like, should be some like there should be some understanding. If it's relatively normal, then there should be some way, you know, they, then they would have planned for some way to be able to prove it. Because it depends on the time that you're going to as well, right? Like, for example, if you're coming back to 2022, right? Uh, yeah, because it, it's morally like if if we were to get time, if time travel was to become a reality today, it would totally uh, be considered a thing. Like people, it would have uh, adoption, right? Compared to if you go back to let's say 1800s, I'm not sure how widely accepted or adopted it would have been and you can see that with startups right like one of the early actually the first guy to ever write a check to mark zuckerberg uh started a social media company back in the 90s but it flopped because people weren't ready they were like why would i i can meet people in real life what is this (laughs) right and then you 
then you fast forward to 2004 and it's like, oh, so you mean to tell me I don't have to go anywhere? I can just stay in the comfort of my home and just meet people, right? Uh, and things like Airbnb, so on and so forth, it just 10, 20, 30 years ago, it was like, no, I'm not opening my home up to strangers. What yeah. is this? I mean, I, I think that's also a, a like a relic, you know, a, not a relic, but a like a sign of like the the progress of technology, right? Because like the internet in in two thousand in the two early two thousands is very different from the internet in the early nineteen nineties. Oh, yeah. You know, because Definitely. you know, only people who were pretty well off or affluent or, you know, in, in the tech space in the early days were actually on the internet in the early nineties, right? Versus, you know, the late nineties or the early two thousands in which, you know, computers started to become more ubiquitous, ubiquitous now into the two thousands, you know, into the, into the 2010s, you know, then the whole mobile device explosion and like having the internet in your hand. Right. You know, so I think it's like the progress of technology in that respect enables or doesn't enable certain advances, but yeah, I see your point. You know, it's like um, in, in terms of the adoption of, time travel like i think it's there's this interesting there's this interesting book um uh it was uh, i forget the name of the book i think it might have been a short story actually and in the short story um it, w- it was talking about faster than light travel and uh you know the uh on earth you know it's like present day and then like these aliens show up on a ship you know they've they've used faster light travel to get to earth and they show up and they get off of their ship and they're just like, you know, we're here to conquer your planet. You know, it's like, uh, you know, like uh, we're, you know, we're advanced alien species. Like, you know, we're in charge now. Right. And then like they're on like this wooden ship with like these, you know, like really primitive, you know, early weapons. Right. And they show up, you know, in our present day and like we have advanced weapons and we just kind of like blow them out of the water right and it's like (laughs) and it plays around this concept where it's just like it's actually not like the progress of technology that leads to faster light travel it's actually something really simple that a lot of other species across the galaxy have figured out much sooner than humanity has but humanity has advanced technologically in other areas that all these other species haven't but, you know, all these other species have faster than light travel, right? And so it's just this interesting concept of, like, you know, maybe it's not, like, super advanced technology that leads us to to, to do something um, that we view as being super advanced. It's it's actually just some breakthrough that we didn't have, right? Um, uh, and, and I'm wondering, you know, time travel could be that, you know, where it's just, like, we think we need advanced technology in order to do time travel, but, you know, maybe time travel manifests in other ways, right? Like, you know, there's a theory around time travel that, you know, you can only try, you can only travel back in time, you know, to where you previously existed, right? Because, so, you know, it limits like how, how, how far you can travel back in time because you can only travel your consciousness back in time, right? You can't travel your physical body back in time, right? And so it's just like, well, you know, and then in that instance, you have time travelers all the time. It's just, you know, they, they, they can only go back to, like, an earlier version of themselves, um, you know? And so it's, uh, um, you know, there's a lot of different theories out there that, you know, might or might not explain why we haven't seen time travelers, or at least we haven't recognized time travelers in the traditional sense. So the memory thing, I just like looked it up because I knew there was a theory associated with it. And it's actually one of the theory that people say prove that time travel exists. And it's called the Nelson Mandela effect. Uh, and it's a phenomenon used to describe, uh, well, it's a term used to describe phenomenon about uh people forgetting events of like well-known event uh personalities right so the nelson mandela the case there being that um there were rumors right that he died in the 80s whereas he was released and went on to leave another 20 years became president and things like that right and apparently that this is a trick used by time travelers uh you know by implanting false memory into into people Allegedly. Yeah. That's like, okay, well, that's... Why would you do that, though? It just seems like... <laughs> like, of all the things you can implant, why implant false memories, right? Like... Yeah. It, 
helping implant good memories, you know, give people like creativity, right? Um, boom, 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 boom. You know, I think. So yeah, another, like there's. Sorry, go ahead. Oh yeah, so there's a nice little write-up here. Um, the, Nel- the Mandela effect has been used to explain away everything from small details like the death for Burt Reynolds to more major events like the 9-11 terrorist attacks. There are a number of theories about how the Mandela effect works, but one popular explanation is that it is the result of time travelers changing history. This theory suggests that there are people who have access to time travel technology who are using it to change events in the past. This would explain why so many people have memories of things that never actually happened. Um, It is also a way... Uh, The theory also suggests that the Mandela effect is a way for the time travelers to communicate with each other by planting false memories in people's heads. They can send messages for each other without anyone else being aware of it. Uh, Of course, this is all just speculation, as there's no evidence for the theory that the Mandela effect is caused by time travel. However, it is an interesting idea that has gained a lot of traction in recent years. You know, I think I think some of that is is um, you know we getting into talking about like how memory actually works, right? Because I, I think a lot of that is actually just the human memory isn't that great. <laughs> so, it's not. It's so, really you know, and something that's actually become more you know um, um, become more widely known is that you know when you remember something, you're actually remembering the last time you remembered it. And I've watched this happen in my own life where with, yeah, when you remember something, you're actually remembering the last time you remember it. And so what that, what that leads to is it actually leads to your perception of past events changing over time. Right. Uh, And so an example of this, you know, is, you know, let's say you remember some event, you know, with a relative, you know, 15 years ago, and it's a pretty memorable event. And you remember that event, you know, maybe every time you get with them or every time you talk with them over the course of 10 to 15 years, the actual facts of that event begin to differ from reality. Um, and I've seen this happen in my own life where, you know, you know, I have a conversation with my wife and how, she, you know, we remember a past event, you know, especially early on in our relationship. And like she may she may, may replay that memory in a way that's different from how I remembered it. But, you know, like we both stand by like, you know, this is you know, this is actually how I remember that event. Right. And I've even seen it happen with my 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 parents. Right. You know, it's like remembering past events from when I was a kid. I'm just like, no, that's not actually how that happened. Right. But they're just like, no, like this is how like I remember this. But it's, you know, our memory is so unreliable because when you remember that memory, you know, you may you may have forgotten key details or aspects or you interject, you know, your existing worldview or understanding of the world into that memory, you know, and, and it's particularly true of like bad memories or, or, or past events where people change drastically over time, right? Um, and so I think in those instances, you remember... You remember the past differently from what actually happened. And so I think that, you know, that's that's probably a better explanation versus like time travel. <laughs> Looking for an exciting space adventure book? A romantic young adult story? And a fantastic sci-fi read? Get The Fondra by award-winning author Emmanuel M. Ariaga today and prepare to feed your imagination with never-ending thrill ride. So, example you gave as far as like dealing with other people, wouldn't technically that, wouldn't that count as like perspective? Because... Let's say there's a, a, you take that an event, even that happened like five minutes ago. If you ask 10 different people what happened, you, you're very likely to get 10 different versions. I mean, you have common denominators. You have things that people definitely agree on. So let's say you, you see a fight or you see a car accident or you see, uh, I don't know, uh, a parade, right? Folks may agree. Okay. Uh, you know, this is how it started, right? Or this guy did that. Then as you kind of get into the weeds of the details, things might be explained slightly differently. 
just because of the potential vintage point? Yeah, I think there's that, but I'm talking more about like the core facts of an event actually differing. I, so I have an example. Okay. So like, like when me and my first, when me and my wife first met, right? Like we had a, you know, like uh, I joked that, you know, like she didn't want anything to do with me, right? Uh, and, and it was, you know, I joked, but there's some truth to that, right? And then, like, over time, like, you know, she warmed up to me, you know, and, uh, you know, but if you, you know, and I have, like, Facebook messages and stuff like that from the past that I have as evidence to like that, right? But, like, if you <laughs> ask her today, like, in her, like, she actually flips the scenario where she's like, you know, oh, actually, like, you know, you didn't want anything to do with me, you know, and I was super interested in you, but it's, like, the complete opposite facts, right? Uh <laughs> And I think it's just because like over the years, like when, when we tell that story, like it changes, you know, that those those facts shift and, and change in our and how we remember the world, you know, and how we and we view our lives today. Right. Um, and, and I think like that's the perfect example of where memory, uh, you know, memory is unreliable, <laughs> you know, because because memory, you know, memory isn't, uh, you know, memory isn't, you know, I think. Even even in our court systems today, right? Like, you know, witness testimony is so unreliable for like you know past events where like it doesn't hold up in court as much, you know, to like hard evidence, right? Like someone saying like, "Oh, I saw it happen this way," you know, doesn't carry as much weight as it used to many years ago, right? Now it's just like, "What is the video evidence?" Like, you know, what is the (laughs) you know? Otherwise, like we don't believe you, right? (laughs) You know, and so I think because. You know, and so I think it's it's just like we've understand more around like how um, how unreliable memory is. And I think that plays into, you know, that theory of, you know, it, maybe it's not necessarily that, you know, uh, people are, are, are influencing, uh, you know, people's memories through time travel. It's more so just like people suck at remembering things. But it's yeah. an interesting theory, um, to say the least. Um, you know, I think. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely read up on that because that's crazy to me. When you remember something, you're actually remembering the last. So you're going back to the last instance where you remember. So when I think of the time I was playing soccer with my dad or, you know, hanging out with my mom years, years ago, instead of that moment, I'm really just remembering two weeks ago when I last had that memory. Yeah, you're remembering what you remembered the last time that you remembered it. That is... Wow. Yeah, and it's actually really interesting if you look at video... Um, of like past experiences or moments. Um, because when you do that, especially something that happened a long time ago, it's almost like replaying the memory. Uh, and it's almost like foreign to you because you're just like, oh, wow, I don't remember this happening this way at all. Right. Yeah. Uh, because you like how you remember things, you know, because, you know, if you think about like our minds are doing filtering all the time. Right. You know, and so like we, you know, our subconscious doesn't pull in every detail around us at that time and moment. It only pulls in like the important things that we need to get through that situation, right? You know, so you can you can have um, you can have a very narrow perspective to your earlier point around a specific memory that over time gets narrower and narrow, narrower and narrower and narrower until you you know it actually changes the the true facts or experience of that moment um and so you know it's um and so it's, it's just interesting like how our brains work um in that regard um and it's also why emotions uh, emotions play such a powerful uh part in our memory because a lot of times when we remember a situation we don't remember the situation as much as we remember the emotions that we felt in that situation. Um, and, and especially if they're really strong emotions, right. And, and really strong emotions also cloud the, can cloud the facts of, you know, what happened in that situation because the emotions are overpowering. Right. Uh, and so that's why, you know, it's really important to, um, uh, 
you know, it's really important, especially when you have negative experiences with people, it's really important to like address those sooner rather than later because over time, like they can blow out of proportion. And now you're like fighting against like this false image of the bad experience that someone had that's 10 times worse than it actually was, you know, and then it, you know, and so it's, it's interesting, uh, you know, just how, how powerful emotions play into our memory. Um, but what's interesting, you know, since we're talking about this concept of memory, what's interesting is over time, we remember um, the positive experiences more over the negative. And I've actually seen this happen with older relatives, right? Like, um, when you talk with an older relative, right, like about certain things, like they will remember the positive aspects of something and not so much all the negative aspects of something from a long time ago. And, you know, it, it clouds their, it clouds their, like, you know, it's like, oh, like I didn't have any issues of you with you when you were a kid. It's just like, actually, no, you had a ton of issues, but you just don't remember <laughs> for whatever reason you've created selective memory to think I was a perfect issues. child, right? Like I couldn't tell because we always butted heads. Oh man! Wait. So, like, one last question, I guess, with the memory thing. Okay. So, when we remember something, we're not actually remembering the time it happened. We're just going back to our to the last instance at which we remembered it, right? So, if that's the case, wouldn't it technically be possible, or maybe should I say impossible, to forget stuff? Because your memory, right? Like your your when you remember something right after it happens like that's pretty vivid right so then as you remember it again you're going back to that vivid instance so then it should just remain vivid throughout oh so so the um so because you're remembering the last time you remembered you are remembering the details that you remembered the last time you remembered and so the moment you're a moment, the moment you're not, the moment you're off of that, uh, the actual memory, the details start to change or slip, right? Because then you, then the emotions you felt in that situation start to come more into play, right? Um, um, and so it's you, you start to lose details over time, um, especially the further apart that you remember, because our memory is not, our memory is actually not very great. <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah. over time um which is why it's really important to like catalog write things down you know uh you know record notable moments you know it's interesting right like we have all these um these nest hubs around the house right and uh you know we have photos from like our life you know played across them and i can't tell you how many photos i see now where i'm just like i don't remember that photo at all right but it's like it's clearly me in that photo <laughs> I literally just had that happen. Uh, uh, a friend sent me, actually, her, uh, a friend, like her families have been friends. So her mom sent me this picture, and this was allegedly taken uh, my freshman year in college. And it was like uh, after church. And I was just like, I don't. I don't remember this. And I have this little girl on my shoulder, right? She's like standing on, you know, sitting on top of me. And I was like, I don't know who this girl is. I've, <laughs> I've never seen her in my life yet. Yeah. Here she is right there. And I guess, you know, uh, she was definitely comfortable enough to get on my shoulders. <laughs> yeah. This was like 20, 2013, 2014. Yeah. So not even that long ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. but I mean to to kind of bring it back, you know, it's like, you know, maybe maybe time travel has used that to their their advantage, right? Like, maybe, so time travel called me and he was like, "You don't need to know this person anymore." <laughs> well, I mean, no, just like the the unreliability of human memory, you know, uh, you know, maybe maybe you can start changing things in the past, you know, uh, that maybe aren't as notable and they have a a pretty significant impact on the future, right? It's like the whole, you know. The ripple effect. Um, well, if aren't notable. Would they really have a notable impact? It depends. So right? let's say you like, because when I think of like not 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 notable, right? 
in my mind, I'm thinking, let's say I like, uh, I'm wearing a what? Uh, what color is this? Dark grayish? Let's say this is my favorite shirt and I, I wear it as many times as I can, right? And I'm trying to like uh, wear it one day and then I guess, I'm like, you know what? You should wear blue shirt today. Those are like the kind of changes I'm thinking about. Uh, but then again, me going from a dark gray to a blue shirt, I mean, really what kind of, how much, uh, you know, what's the impact of that? Well, you never know, right? Like that's, so like uh, a big perfect example, right? Uh, and I think this is just fresh in mind because we just started watching the Umbrella Academy, right? Um, but it's like, you know, it's like, oh, well, you, you know, you, you assassinate, you know, X person, you know, who owns a bakery, right? And then, you know, that person's dead and then their son takes over the bakery and their son's not really good at it, you know? Uh, and so like, you know, uh, they make the food for that day, you know, and then the person who regularly comes to that bakery, you know, uh, you know, he comes the day that the son's taking it over for the first time. And, uh, you know, he gets sick uh, off of the, you know, the thing that he normally gets because the son doesn't make it right. And because of that, right. then, you know, uh, he actually doesn't go to work that day, which causes like this major like uh, thing to get delayed. And then they have to rush, you know, production because they want to launch on time. And then that causes them to cut corners. And then it, it leads to the Hindenburg blowing up. Right. You know, so it's like... <laughs> You know, it's like the, the ripple effect of like one person who is a baker who just happens yeah. to be, you know, in the, the path of, you know, someone who's a critical part of this component, you know, you, ne you never know, right? Like, um, that's what makes it so interesting is like, you know, that, that ripple effect of, you know, what, you know, what changes, you know, um, what changes could have impact, you know, any change could have impact, right? Like the way the air blew that day, you know, uh, because you appeared suddenly caused, you know, the, you know, it to get a little bit colder, which caused someone to, you know, feel a chill that they wouldn't have otherwise felt, which caused them to turn back into the house and grab a jacket, which delayed them, you know, a minute, which caused them to get into a car accident, which caused them to die and which caused them to not be a pivotal person and like discovering this new technology 10 years later, right? <laughs> Was it? It wasn't that drastic, but I had something like that happen to me like three, three and a half months ago. So I was driving and I was trying to take this exit um, and I have the voice muted on maps. So usually I have to like take a look to know like, you know, I guess I need to kind of get ahead. Uh, so when I noticed that it was around, I want to say like 0.4 miles away, but there was traffic, right? So I was like, okay, I think I can still make it. So as I'm trying to shift, uh, I had to shift three lanes over to get to the exit. As I'm trying to shift, I shift one lane over. And then the second lane, I'm dealing with this car where he's acting like he's waiting for me. But then whenever I'm starting to lean into his to the lane, he starts like speeding up a little bit, right? So we play this game for like 15 seconds. And I'm thinking, you know what? He'll be wrong because he's behind me and I'm just like, I can't, you know, like either you go or you let me and this whole like halfway kind of dance, I can't do that. So I start coming in, he acts like he's, he's speeding up and I still commit. And then he switch over, he switches over to the next lane. And, you know, when he gets there, he looks at me, I look at him and he's looking at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, I don't, you know, what do you want me to do? And <laughs> so we're both stuck there and I was, I'm looking at, I'm like, man, like if you weren't there, I would have just been gone to that lane, right? Lo and behold, right as I guess I, you know, look back, I guess in front of me, I hear a sound, bam, a car, like accident. Another car came from behind and just ran straight into him. And uh, I was like, wow, that could have been me potentially. But he was very calm. He, he looked like he'd been there before. He got out with his phone, started taking pictures. <laughs> right. Meanwhile, I would have like, wait, what's going on? Uh, and also the last time I was hit, I, it was like a hit and run. Person hit me and just took off. Oh, wow. I would have been like, please don't go. <laughs> yeah. 
probably why I got out and started taking pictures right away. That way you can catch the license right. in the car yeah. before it pieces. Um, yeah, but the person stayed and I was like, okay, well, and then I was just trying to process it. Cause I'm like, oh man, that really could have been me. And by the time I sort of came around, I already missed my exit. So, but beautiful thing with maps rerouting. Yeah. You know, you can always, you can always get home. Um, but yeah, memory is a beautiful thing. I'll, I'll definitely read up on that concept because I have my mind blown right now. You know, this could actually be a stand-up bit because every time I start remember, I'm like, you know what, guys? I remember the last time I remembered. <laughs> are, you still, are you still doing the stand-up? Uh, I haven't since COVID actually, uh, uh but I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something this week. Nice. So yeah, I have, I have a nice little five minutes, but I don't know. Uh, I have a not, uh, five minutes set prepared, but some locations, uh, it's like three or five minutes, uh, anywhere from three to four minutes. So I may have to adjust depending on, um, cause the place I go to will be like the first time. I go there, so I don't know what their process is. Um, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how that goes. Hopefully, I don't I don't get any tomatoes thrown in my face. Yeah. <laughs> the worst thing I've seen. Okay, sorry. No, no, no. I was gonna say so. Like, uh, um, we could probably start wrapping up. Uh, what um, what's your interesting thing of the week? Interesting thing of the week. Uh, well, apparently, when you remember something, <laughs> you're not just, I would say that's, that, that tops it all, honestly. I'm still mind blown by that. Uh, <laughs> I'm still trying to process it. Yeah, that's my interesting of the week. Of the week. Uh, allegedly, when you remember something, you're not remembering the actual event. You're just going back to the last time you had a memory of said event. Um, so that's that's my interesting yeah that's my interesting thing of the week. Uh, How about you? For me, I would say it's the whole collapse of the auto lending industry right now. The auto lending industry? Yeah, there were, there's been What's like happening? a number of um, Graham Stephens, uh, who is a uh, YouTuber uh, that I listen to. He has this really great podcast or YouTube. Um, I guess it's a, a, a virtual a video podcast where he talks about um, um, the auto lending industry and the bubble that's popping right now. Because uh, right now it's uh, you have um, default rates as high as 20% in some states for auto loans, which is ridiculously high. Um, and so it's... it's uh, yeah, just an interesting thing. And you can kind of look at the economic stuff happening and kind of see that. But yeah, it was just an interesting, you know, interesting thing probably for the past few weeks, just been digging into some of the data there. There's articles, there's a few um, uh, YouTubers and other folks who have been digging into this topic. And, you know, it's, you know, so there are some threads blowing up on Twitter. But yeah, it's a big deal, uh, you know because the auto lending industry is not really regulated but yeah so it's just interesting interesting thing that i that's been on my mind uh just kind of watching you know it's like the ripple effects of the economy right it's like you know I'm, I'm this big believer in like systems thinking right so it's just like what are the different systems at play at different times and like you can see the, all the things signaling you know all the things triggering you know the bubble bursting in the auto lending industry right like specifically around you know high inflation causing people to cut back on their expenses which was one of the top things you cut when you uh you know you're trying to save money oh your expensive car bill right like first thing people cut typically <laughs> you know uh and so especially if you have a car that you can't afford or a car that maybe uh you don't need um you know so yeah it's just interesting interesting thing um wait so what happens so is it possible that some of these lending companies are going to go bankrupt? Absolutely. So what if you owe money? So let's say you have a car loan and you're able to make payments and then that company goes bankrupt. Oh, your debt's too valuable. They'll sell your debt uh, and, um, and like a, a bankruptcy sell to recoup, to pay money to their creditors. 
No, you're, you're not getting out of the debt. <laughs> they sell your debt. They sell the debt for like pennies on the dollars. What if I yeah, but they sell they debt? sell they sell the full debt. So like they they may sell the debt, but you you are still bound to the contract of that debt. So they're selling the contract. Um, so usually because the contract is usually cheaper, no? Because what they do is they they sell the contract at a discounted rate, but then the folks who get the contract they try to collect the full value. It's the same thing with like debt collectors, right? Whenever they're buying up those, you know, debt, they're usually buying, usually it's but, not individually though. Usually it's like the portfolio. So if you're trying to like buy your own debt, you know, you'd probably need a lot more money because you'd be buying like a whole ton of people's debt. Wow. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. It's just like, can I just buy my debt for a cheaper amount? Right. But, no. You know, yeah. <laughs> Typically you know, not. <laughs> to exit. It's like it's not my fault. I did my part. <laughs> yeah. No. I, I right. typically, typically they sell the portfolio of debt. They sell it as a bundle for a lot of money. Uh so it's not like individual lenders. Interesting. Try, you know. Yeah. But uh but yeah, another another interesting thing um and our our our, our podcast listeners probably won't be able to view this, but our um the you uh, our when this podcast goes up on YouTube um, those folks will be able to see it. But I just had a new piece of character concept art created for Foundra. Um, that is the first repres- the first um, the first piece done for a vampire, um, which is one of the species in Foundra. Um, and so this is uh, this is the piece here. Yeah. So it's just a. Um, yeah, vampire, you know, they're this, they're one of the species, they're just more, they have like elements of like vampires, uh, you know, they're inspired by that. Um, but yeah, this specific character's name is Norma. So yeah, just excited. Another, another cool, cool little thing. Um, working with my character. Huh? We've been waiting for you. I say, welcome, new character. We've been waiting for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right now I'm trying to. Uh, I have all the main characters done that I've been wanting to get done, at least for the books that are live. Um, but uh, there are some side characters of different species that I've been wanting to get done for a while. So I've started slowly working on those. Um, and so there will probably be more pieces coming out over the next few months, um, just of you know new characters that are more side characters, not necessarily main characters, but you know from different species. Nice, cool. Well, this has been a good chat. I know uh, Mr. Anonymous couldn't make our our podcast today, but uh, I think uh, Sir Anonymous, uh, Anonymous. <laughs> yeah. But uh, um, but it was you know we were still able to have it, so I'm excited. We we jumped into uh, you know a conversation about time travel, which was cool. Yes. So now I will travel back <laughs> to the kitchen yeah. and make something to eat. Well, yeah, thank you, folks, and we'll catch you at the next episode. Catch you on the next one. See you. Bye. Thank you for listening. Check out our podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts if you enjoy the show. For more books and inspiring stories from today's authors, please subscribe to our podcast.